today in our search for truth, we're going to have two verses, 2 Corinthians 5.17 and Galatians 2.20. I've chosen these verses because they're so encouraging. Remember, there are only two sources of truth in the world. One is research and one is revelation. Research is not bad. It's not a bad thing. We need it. But it changes. Revelation is from God, and it never changes. What was true when it was written is still true today. And again, I'm, I'm pursuing this series because of the condition that we're living in in this country. Nothing is certain. I hear one day wear masks. I hear another day don't wear masks. I hear another day school should open. I hear it's too dangerous. I hear the numbers are up. I think the numbers are exaggerated. There's war in the streets. The mayors say, oh no, leave us alone. These are peaceful demonstrators. As they attempt to tear down statues and burn buildings and loot stores. And then our president sends in troops and the officials in some cities get mad about it. I think this world is too confusing. So let's look at some truth that God has revealed to us. He had Paul write both of these books. Paul, who was really an awful character, he murdered people that believed Jesus was God. He cut their heads off. And yet God used him in a great way to communicate to us most of the New Testament Paul wrote. And what he wrote is what God wants us to know, what God wants us to remember and believe. And I love 1 Corinthians 5.17 because it says, that in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Wherefore, sorry, I have to read it. If any man is be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now that's true. If you've invited Christ to come into your life, when he comes in, you become a new creature. Old things have passed away. But what are the old things that pass away? Well, number one and the most important thing is your past. It's gone. You remember it, but God didn't. And the things you've done that you might be ashamed of, he never remembers anymore. He looks down and sees you in Christ Jesus. But what else becomes new? Well, the way we think should become new, but that takes time because if you're going to change the way you think, you have to study the Bible, learn truth, and then meditate on it. And when you learn truth, you don't forget it. You think about it. You recall it. Somebody asked me one time, how do I remember all these Bible verses? Well, I've forgotten a lot of them, but I remember them because I've used them. I've thought about them on a daily basis. When I first became a Christian, I used to read verses, and if they meant a lot to me, i just think about them. I wouldn't read anymore. I discovered one day I didn't need any more Bible verses. I had enough. But what I needed to do was put them into practice. And so I began to realize that, that bitterness and selfishness and self-centeredness and anger was sin. And nobody ever told me that. 
Isn't that crazy? But I didn't know it. And I could put it away. I could pray and confess it, and God would cleanse my heart. Oh, I'm old, but I don't want to be an old, bitter woman. That is a nightmare to me. And that motivates me to pay attention to my responses because I haven't arrived yet. And I am not free from temptation to to resent things when they don't go my way. So all that is new. The way I look at the world is different because I know God is in control. We think men are in control, but we read in the Psalms that God puts the kings in and he takes the kings out. And so I start remembering that. And in this election that's coming up in a couple of months, I have to remember that God's man is going to win. And sometimes it's easy to forgive that because we think we go to the polls and vote and we put them in, and we do. But God lays on our hearts to go vote. And we just have to remind ourselves anew that man is not in control of the world. God is. And God has a plan that he established when he created the world. And we're right on his schedule. Now, that's a new way to think for me. Because as I've said many times, I can easily get discouraged by watching TV and seeing our streets just with with rioters and people throwing frozen drink bottles and rocks at police. Never did I think I would see that. And they pray, pray for our nation. That's what God, people say. I'll tell you what I pray for. I pray for God's will to be done in this land and throughout the world. And I know that God's will is to prepare us for the rapture of the church, which is the next major event. Now that's something else new. I never heard of that before. I didn't know that one day the trumpet will sound and Jesus will appear in the sky and all the believers will go to be with him in heaven and will be up there for seven years. Nobody told me that. So I have a new way to think. I didn't know before I became a Christian that the minute your heart stops, you're in the presence of God. I didn't know that, and I always dreaded death. Now, I still am not excited about the process because it could be painful and it could be long. But even then, God will work good if I should linger in in a state where I have to be taken care of. God will use me there. And so my whole look at the present, my whole look at the future, my whole look at my destiny, it's all new. I don't think the same way, and I hope I don't act the same way I used to. So he says, all things are become new. And when he said all things have become new, he meant it. Now let's look at at Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. It says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Man, that is a powerful Bible verse. You need to memorize this one. 
and think about it every day for the rest of your life. Look at how it starts. It says, I am, that's the present tense of the verb to be. This day, as I sit in my living room and make this recording, I am crucified with Christ. I am dead with him. But it says, nevertheless, I live. Now, how can that be? How can I be crucified with Christ and live? Because there are two, two truths that go throughout the scripture. One is position and one is condition. I am crucified with Christ is my position with Christ. The minute Christ came into my life, God saw me clothed in the righteousness of his son. I can't believe that when God sees me, he doesn't see me in the flesh. My old sin nature, he doesn't see me struggling through different situations. He sees me in his son. So that's my state with God. And that is a new state. I already am crucified with him, yet I'm alive. Well, how does that work? Well, Christ lives in me. And that's why it's so important that you understand to become a Christian, you have to receive the life of Christ. He is not going to intrude on you. He's not going to force himself into you. It has to be an act of your will based on the knowledge that you acquire and you yield yourself to him and ask him to come into your life to forgive your sins, to give you eternal life, and to take over. How wonderful. What peace of mind to know that God, the God of the universe, who created everything, who knows everything, is in control of you, in control of me. Why should I fret? Why should I worry? He created everything. He can do whatever he wants to. And the problem we have with that is we're so selfish. We're afraid we won't get our way or he'll call on us to do something we don't want to do. And so we're reluctant. And this verse in Corinthians, I mean, I'm sorry, Galatians said, it's Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. By His faith. I live by putting my faith in what He does. I'm meeting with a young little 13-year-old girl. I've told you about her before. She struggles with faith because she can't see. And she just can't overcome the fact that if I don't see it, how can I believe it? How do I know the Bible is true? You just have to decide to accept it. And so the life I now live, I don't have to worry about the power to live this life. I don't have to worry about the knowledge that I need. I don't have to worry about the wisdom that God will give me as I put into practice His Word because that's how I live. Now, I didn't make me a superhuman. 
that makes me somebody that's trying and doing what God tells me to do. The end of the verse should encourage you more than anything. He loved me and gave himself for me. That sums it all up. Nobody in the world can doubt the birth of Jesus Christ. I've had the privilege to travel around the world seven different times. I've been in many different places at Christmas time. I've been in India at Christmas time, where they're Buddhist and Hindu. And they put up Christmas lights. They decorate trees and they give gifts. Why? Why would they do that? Because they know. Everybody knows. Everybody knows what God has done for us. But not everybody will accept it. And not everybody will believe it. But I want you to understand as we conclude this session that God proved his love for you by giving his son to die, to give you a new life, and to make all things new. Thank you for listening. God bless you.